Section 55 of Curiosities of Literature, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano. Curiosities of Literature, Volume 3, by Isaac Desraeli. Buckingham's Political Coquetry with the Puritans. Buckingham, observes Hume, quote, in order to fortify himself against the resentment of James, end quote, on the conduct of the Duke in the Spanish match, when James was latterly hearing every day Buckingham against Bristol, and Bristol against Buckingham, quote, had affected popularity and entered into the cabals of the Puritans, but afterwards, being secure of the confidence of Charles, he had since abandoned this party, and on that account was the more exposed to their hatred and resentment. End quote. The political coquetry of a minister coalescing with an opposition party, when he was on the point of being disgraced, would doubtless open an involved scene of intrigue, and what one exacted, and the other was content to yield, towards the mutual accommodation, might add one more example to the large chapter of political infirmity. Both workmen attempting to convert each other into tools, by first trying their respective malleability on the anvil, are liable to be disconcerted by even a slight accident, whenever that proves, to perfect conviction, how little they can depend on each other, and that each party comes to cheat, and not to be cheated. This piece of secret history is in part recoverable from good authority. The two great actors were the Duke of Buckingham and Dr. Preston, the master of Emmanuel College, and the head of the Puritan party. Dr. Preston was an eminent character, who from his youth was not without ambition. His scholastic learning, the subtlety of his genius, and his more elegant accomplishments, had attracted the notice of James, at whose table he was perhaps more than once honored as a guest. A suspicion of his puritanic principles was perhaps the only obstacle to his court preferment, yet Preston unquestionably designed to play a political part. He retained the favor of James by the king's hope of withdrawing the doctor from the opposition party, and commanded the favor of Buckingham by the fears of that minister, when, to employ the quaint style of Hackett, the duke foresaw that, quote, he might come to be tried in the furnace of the next sessions of Parliament, and he had need to make the refiners his friends. End quote. Most of these refiners were the Puritanic or opposition party. Appointed one of the chaplains of Prince Charles, Dr. Preston had the advantage of being in frequent attendance, and as Hackett tells us, quote, This politic man felt the pulse of the court, and wanted not the intelligence of all dark mysteries 
through the scotch in his highness's bedchamber a close communication took place between the duke and preston who as hackett describes was quote, a good crow to smell carrion End quote. he obtained an easy admission to the duke's closet at least thrice a week in their notable conferences buckingham appears to have communicated to his confidential friends preston intent on carrying all his points skillfully commenced with the smaller ones he winded the duke circuitously he worked at him subterraneously this wary politician was too sagacious to propose what he had at heart the extirpation of the hierarchy the thunder of james's voice quote, no bishop no king end quote, in the conference at hampton court still echoed in the ear of the puritan he assured the duke that the love of the people was his only anchor which could only be secured by the most popular measures a new sort of reformation was easy to execute cathedrals and collegiate colleges cathedrals and collegiate churches maintained by vast wealth and the lands of the chapter only fed quote, fat lazy and unprofitable drones end quote. the dissolution of the foundations of deans and chapters would open an ample source to pay the king's debts and scatter the streams of patronage quote, you would then become the darling of the commonwealth end quote. i give the words as i find them in hackett quote, if a crumb stick in the throat of any considerable man that attempts an opposition it will be easy to wash it down with manners woods royalties tithes etc it would be furnishing the wants of a number of gentlemen and he quoted a greek proverb quote, that when a great oak falls every neighbor may scuffle for a faggot dr preston was willing to perform the part which knox had acted in scotland he might have been certain of a party to maintain this national violation of property for he who calls out plunder will ever find a gang these acts of national injustice so much desired by revolutionists are never beneficial to the people they never partake of the spoliation and the whole terminates in the gratification of private rapacity it was not however easy to obtain such perpetual access to the minister and at the same time escape from the watchful archbishop williams the lord keeper got sufficient hints from the king and in a tedious conference with the duke he wished to convince him that preston had only offered him flitten milk out of which he should churn nothing End quote. the duke was however smitten by the new project and made a remarkable answer quote, you lose yourself in generalities make it out to me in particular if you can that the motion you pick at will find repulse and be baffled in the house of commons i know not how you bishops may struggle but i am much deluded if a great part of the knights and burgesses will not be glad to see this alteration End quote. We are told on this that Archbishop Williams 
took out a list of the members of the House of Commons, and convinced the minister that an overwhelming majority would oppose this projected revolution, and that in consequence the Duke gave it up. But this anterior decision of the Duke may be doubtful, since Preston still retained the high favor of the minister after the death of James. When James died at Tybalds, where Dr. Preston happened to be in attendance, he had the honor of returning to town in the new king's coach with the Duke of Buckingham. The doctor's servile adulation of the minister gave even great offense to the overzealous Puritans. That he was at length discarded is certain, but this was owing not to any deficient subserviency on the side of our politician, but to one of those unlucky circumstances which have often put an end to temporary political connections, by enabling one party to discover what the other thinks of him. I draw this curious fact from a manuscript narrative in the handwriting of the learned William Watton. When the Puritanic party foolishly became jealous of the man, who seemed to be working at root and branch for their purposes, they addressed a letter to Preston, remonstrating with him for his servile attachment to the minister, on which he confidently returned an answer, assuring them that he was as fully convinced of the vileness and profligacy of the Duke of Buckingham's character as any man could be, but that there was no way to come at him but by the lowest flattery, and that it was necessary for the glory of God that such instruments should be made use of as could be had, and for that reason, and that alone, he showed that respect to the reigning favorite, and not for any real honor that he had for him. This letter proved fatal. Some officious hand conveyed it to the Duke. When Preston came, as usual, the Duke took his opportunity of asking him what he had ever done to disoblige him, that he should describe him in such black characters to his own party. Preston, in amazement, denied the fact, and poured forth professions of honor and gratitude. The Duke showed him his own letter. Dr. Preston instantaneously felt a political apoplexy. The labors of some years were lost in a single morning. The baffled politician was turned out of Wallingford House, never more to see the enraged minister. And from that moment, Buckingham wholly abandoned the Puritans and cultivated the friendship of Laud. This happened soon after James I's death. Watson adds, quote, This story I had from one who was extremely well versed in the secret history of the time. End quote. Footnote. Watton delivered this memorandum to the literary antiquary Thomas Baker, and Kennett transcribed it in his manuscript collections, Lansdowne, manuscript number 932-88. The Life of Dr. Preston, in Chalmers' Biographical Dictionary, may be consulted with advantage. End of footnote. End of section 55. Recording by Greg Giordano, Newport Ritchie, Florida.